ultimate deck podcast need a show about outdoor living this is where it's at with your host shane chapman and way Red. thank you for tuning in now let the show begin the ultimate deck podcast let's go welcome back to the ultimate deck podcast wade and shane on the last week of october she ended in like a lamb out like a lion why okay? because do you not know that saying yeah okay so that usually gets that's how spring comes in in march it's like in like a lion out like a lamb or vice versa so you've heard the saying, but you don't understand what it means. Is that what the blank stare well, is? Well, sure. About? Well, maybe so, I don't know what it means, but I guess like it means that, like if it went out like a lion, that would mean it went out like strong. No, I, but maybe it's me that I don't understand what this whole thing means. Lamb, it's like calm, nice. So it came in like a lamb. The weather, yeah, it was nice. It was mm-hmm. like warm, sunny, no signs of winter on the horizon. Goes out like a lion. Lion, ferocious, nasty, whatever, oh, otherwise. So okay. in March, it's like if March comes in like a lion, it's going to go out like a lamb. So if it's like a shitty, snowy start to the March, it means it's going to end really nice. But if early March is nice, then second winter is on its way. Gotcha. At the end of March. Hmm. Boy, I feel like that. That's like a explain the joke kind of moment. Well, I guess <laughs> I just thought like a lion was stronger. And so this yeah, is... I, maybe I have it wrong, but for 42 years, that's how it's been in my head. Okay, so well then. Fine. October came in really nicely, whatever you want to call Lamb. it. Lamb. And it was like all good. And I know our sales managers were like, this is great. Like we have so many good weeks of like sales is going to crush because we're getting a long, nice fall here. This is going to be so good. And El Nino this and in like a lamb this and all this. You're wrong. And then all You're of a wrong. sudden, like overnight, literally, woke up to like, I don't know, <laughs> three inches of snow one morning, like just the other day. Yeah, you like, guys. What the hell happened here? So Regina certainly got it worse than Saskatoon did. Regina got more snow and it's colder and right. Yeah, because Saskatoon got like a skiff. Is that a, is yeah? It, what's a skiff of snow? Mm. Is that a skiff? Well, a skiff would be enough to cover the roads. Maybe a little bit of a dusting on the grass. Yeah, that's more what than got, that. Right? More than that. Yeah, heavy skiff. Two inches, inch okay. and a half. But it's gone. But it's gone because it. We had nice weather shortly after. So Regina's was. Probably double that, like it was like maybe not double, but like probably three inches of snow, mm-hmm. and and then the cold kind of stayed, and mm-hmm. so not That's a lot of it's melted problem. away. So it's like sticking around. The first snowfall never stays, and this one looks like it could. Seems like it might be. What's like the best part about our week, but. our team up in Saskatoon? So it, it snows, the roads are icy, right? That always happens. Oh, yeah, happens every single year that it snows. The first time the roads are icy. Yeah, it's because of the. The temperature, the roads are warm and the snow is cold and so it melts and makes a layer of ice. So what day was I leaving there? Thursday morning I left Saskatoon to come down here. <laughs> and uh, the guys came over to me and they asked if we would be removing the tires off the half ton and putting winter tires on. And I was like, no, no, that's not happening. We, Those are all seasons. So the one guy starts laughing and was like, all seasons, that's not really even a tire. It's like... It only means three season and you need winter tires. And I'm like, well, then go buy them. What? And he was like, what? I was like, well, go buy them. Like, if you don't like the tires we have on the half done, just go get them. Go buy new ones, put them on. And then when it comes back to summer, we'll put my tires back on. Well, I'm not doing that. And I was like, but I should? Yeah. Yeah, you should. I was like, well, I'm not. 
give yourself some more time when you go on deliveries, I guess. Yeah. The half ton. I was like, guys, that truck doesn't run in the winter time very much. And yeah. for the amount that it does run, I think you should just be more cautious, like learn how to be a better driver. Yeah. You've got four by four. You can get going no matter what tires are on there. And as far as stopping, try harder earlier. <laughs> I was mad at them. Like, just, just go get a new set of tires. I was like, not until those ones are worn off. And the way that that truck drives around, we got three more years on those tires. Yeah. They don't yeah. ever wear out. Uh, do you have $1,200 right now in late October with snow on the ground to <laughs> go spend on new tires for a truck that doesn't need new tires? Anyway, <sighs> real thing. Have you ever had a vehicle with studded tires, though? No, but I, I, that's what I told him. I was oh, like, boy. Do you have studded tires on? Do, no, the I van? don't. No, but my wife's old vehicle was a little Kia Sportage. <coughs> Sportage. And we had studded tires for her little vehicle. That's the best. They're awesome. And then we got rid of her vehicle and got the minivan and like put winter tires on the minivan. But Not it's like still studded. a long ways from studded tires. Studded, studded tires. tires are the shit. Yeah. They're pretty good. Are you going to put them on the minivan? Nope. Why? I don't know. Same reason we're not going to put thing, <laughs> thing doesn't move. $1,200 we're talking. I don't have $1,200 anymore than the business does. Wait. So I don't know. Maybe someday, but not, not rushing into it. But the van sucks. Like, even with winter tires, it does suck on the road. Like, the little Kia was so much better. Probably mostly because of the studded tires. But yeah, but it was also all-wheel drive, and the van's not. So that also plays into it. But Yeah. Anyway. All-wheel drive is a factor as well. Do you get phased by the first... Like, when winter... When summer transitions to winter... Sorry, when, when pre-snow transitions to snow, is there an adjustment period for you? Or is it just like... There's just snow on the ground now. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I find it weird, but for me, there's not. It's like, I can walk, like, it happened this week. The day before, like, t-shirt weather, maybe like long sleeve or hoodie weather. Mm -hmm. Walk in the house, come out the next day, snow on the ground, ice everywhere. Now it's, you're just like in winter mode. But there's no, like, shock for me anymore. I don't, like, and clearly, for some people, there is. Like, but it's I just don't like, like it. Is it's it just set in for the next four to six months though. And it's like, you'd think that you'd be like, oh, things change now. It's like, they don't though. Like it, it's weird to me how just like, it just is what it is and I don't even think about it too much. Yeah. Outside, it's like, yeah, no, I walk care more carefully on the sidewalk. Yeah. I, so I for sure don't like when that day happens. I'm always like in a, I had a shittier mood that day that it snows. Yeah. I just, cause there's accepting. <laughs> yeah. What is what was the one saying? It's like there's, it's like there's planning and then there's accepting and it's like well this has now happened so now you just have to accept this yep. you can't there's no planning around it or something like that. But anyways, uh, yeah, it snows and then for me I'm just like well it snowed now, so I yeah I don't it doesn't really change too much for me. Typically I get blindsided because I don't ever even look at the weather. Like I almost never check the weather to people when people are like, whoa, what are you gonna like I show up and I'm wearing shorts the first day it snowed and they're like, yeah. you're wearing shorts. I was like, well, I had them on. And then I walked out of the house and was like, well, shit, yeah, this is a silly outfit, but here we are. It just seems to me that it changes so much about how you, it changes everything about your life from summer to winter. Like you have to dress differently. You yes. partake in different activities. The yes. sports change over. You have to drive differently. Like there's all these things about your daily. You don't go outside as much. You're like, yeah, everything changes. No patio beers. No patio beers. Like everything, everything about your life changes. Yet it's just so normal. It's just like, there's no like change though. Like for me personally, I don't feel the change. It's just like, 
It just what it just is what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain what I'm feeling, but I find it strange sometimes. It's like you haven't dealt with this for six months, and it's just like it's just natural from day one. You walk out the door, you're like, yep. Now winter. winter now, now I just drive slower. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like I I guess I've done enough winters that I'm not surprised by winter. Yeah, maybe that's and it. And I maybe don't it's just have being older. Yeah, and I don't have any emotional reaction to it. Eh, that's not entirely true. I also that one day I do. I don't like the very first day of snow. I also find I I gradually transition as far as dressing goes. Like the first day it snows, you walk out of the house, still the same shit I was wearing the day before. Like some canvasy, like summery, like hey dude sandals. Yeah, like not sandals, but like shoes. Yeah. Uh, hoodie still no gloves no two can just like walk outside like yeah a little brisk and it's like the next day it's like oh there's my other jacket that's a little bit heavier so I changed the jacket over and then a couple days later it's like oh boots I'll switch to the boots now and then like the two can gloves are still a long ways away yeah but I've got the like started wearing the boots now I heard that found the jacket I heard you were wearing boots today slow transition you haven't tied them you drug them we did that so, site visit you were walking and you're dragging your feet and I was gonna look what I did yeah you tied a knot where they're too loose. So I can slip them on and off. Yeah. I hate tying my shoes. You'll have to walk like bigger steps maybe. you have to do some. High knees. Yeah, high knees or bum kickers <laughs> when you're walking. Yeah. Okay, enough of that nonsense. There's snow on the ground here. There's not in Saskatoon, but soon there will be, and so whatever. Here we are. Uh, we still build decks in the winter, by the way. Building one right now, actually. Things are happening. It's cold. Contractors still work up here. Did you get your Someone. phone charged up enough to post any pictures or videos today? I just put some juice back into it, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so um, the other day, I came walking into the store, and one of our sales guys, sales guys, Dale, I'm going to call him Dave, but his name's Dale. Uh, He'd probably respond to Dave if you actually called him. I, he would respond to most things, I think, even a grunt. Such a cheery dude. Yeah. So he, uh, he must have cedar shingles on his house. And he was like, I walked in and he was like, <laughs> what's that video? I called for help <laughs> and not a, you not a, what do you need? Nothing. Yeah. It's like, I didn't even get a hello. I was just like, walked in. He's like, you ever done cedar shingles before? I was like, nope. I've never personally done cedar shingles. He's like, well, I need some cedar shingles replaced. And I'm like, I don't even know how you do it. Like, how would you even pull them out and how do you get the new ones back in? And how do you like, how do you not break the ones around? And I was like, I don't know, Dale, those are all questions for somebody who has done them before. <laughs> it sounds like to me, he's like, well, like I called the guy and he wants to come out. He wants to charge like $90 an hour to do it. I feel like that's a bit steep. And I was like, well, how do you know it's steep? You just finished saying you have no idea what's involved in replacing those shingles. How do you know if that's a fair price or not? Who are you to judge? You're being the average homeowner right now. Who's got no idea. Yeah. How this all works. So he's like, 90 is a bit steep. And I was like, I don't know, Dale. It seems like pretty normal to me. 90 like, seems like a very reasonable number. Especially for a small job, like for a small thing, right? If he just needs like three or four shingles, the guy's only charging 90 bucks an hour. Like I'd have a minimum fee for that for sure. I'd be like uh, 500 bucks. Doesn't matter how many hours. Unless we it's have a minimum five fee. hours. And then the part that's the best about this is Dale sells this. Dale sells a labor right. rate at $90 an hour and he sells... A minimum charge. Somebody's like, I want a four by four deck. And it's like, well, that's it. That's doesn't work out to $500. So it's $500 now. Yeah. So, but this, <laughs> this like, it was like, I was like, boy, oh boy. Like even people within the industry you'd think would understand why something is $90 doesn't understand why something is $90. So I was like, I need to dig in this bit and we need to do a podcast about why contractors charge what they charge and 
what's in that number. Cause like the reason people have a reaction to this is like, Oh, it must be nice to make, make 90, bucks 90 bucks an hour. an hour. I don't make 90 bucks an hour at my job. How are these going to make an, and I am educated is what the average person would probably think. Right? Sure. Yeah. They'd still shit on the, well, because the trade. they have this idea that to be a trade, you got to be dumb or right. you can't get a real job. It's like, I really like the push that Mike Holmes is on right now and has been for the last few years about like, like debunking. Mike the, Rowe. Well, both, you know? both, both well, Holmes sure. right now is doing, he posts almost daily about like, like why it's good to be in the trades and, you know, and, and don't pay me for my work, pay me for my knowledge. And it's like something yeah. that you don't have, right. You don't have knowledge. And so yeah. anyways, it's just like, uh, there is this like stigma that to be in the trades, you need, you need to be not able to get a university degree. And it's like, well, that's silly. Well, and part of that, so I think it's Mike Rowe, who's the dirty jobs guy. Yes. Um, I believe I heard his thing recently and I'd heard it before, but it reminded me that he's got these like, what he's like, what do you think was going to happen? What do you think was going to happen with we're talking labor shortages in the trades? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what do you think was going to happen for years now for decades? We've basically told kids that these jobs are not even worth looking at because we took them all out of the schools. You don't get mechanic shop anymore and you don't get woodworking class and you don't yeah. get all these things. Like we used to have this in schools and now we've been telling kids through our actions that these jobs don't matter. They're not even worth considering yeah. in high school. Exactly. So what did we, what? Oh, now we have a shortage. Weird. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, your guidance counselor told you to not go in this path. Yeah. Everybody's told to get a university have, degree. That's the stupid. How's that going? I have a university degree, and with that's the big biggest ass waste of money. Loans, or maybe not, because they got forgiven by tax dollars. So anyway, Holmes posted just like whatever this was a few days ago. If you want to address the need to sustainably build more homes and increase the housing supply, we'll have to first address training and making sure we have the skilled trades of tomorrow to make it right the first time. Yeah. And I think that any proposal to accelerate housing needs to include funding to support building solid careers in skilled trades. And then the skilled trades are the backbone of our country. It's not that they are more important than other jobs, but they need to stop being looked at as if they are less important. 100%. And like there's just every single person that has a job or a home or any, if you live under a roof, a contractor put that together for you. Yeah. That's it. That's how important it is. Yep. I Not every person has had an x-ray, x-ray, and not every person has been to a dentist. But if you have lived under a roof, that was a skilled trade that put that together for you. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, this is a... This is a different episode altogether. Maybe this is what the next episode Fine. should be. Fine. Let's do but, it now. No, no, Stop no. this one. No, no, I'm I'm taking this in another direction, but it's related to Mike Holmes' recent postings. And so he recently posted, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what it said, but the the tone of the post or the gist of the post was how do we how do we employ more women in the trades? Oh yeah. And I was reading through the comments and they went from like the comments were anywhere from like helpful to silly. Yep. I replied Hire them. I saw your your reply. That was it. Hire them. That's how you get more women in the trades. Because yeah. I think that's the biggest roadblock is that a lot of people don't, they won't hire women. It's not that they're not interested in it. I know that we're maybe a little bit different, but in our stores, like, and some of our reps when they've asked or even the sales training people that we talked to recently, is like, well, yeah. how many women do you play? How many? And it's like, uh, actually, all of our Saskatoon sales team is women. Really? Yeah. 
and like half of our leadership team is women. Really? Like that's can't be normal. It's not. But but we didn't go out there and make an effort to go find women. It's just that when they applied, if they were good, we just hired them. It didn't matter that they're women. It's like we look we're looking for good people. Um, but there's still some like really shitty shopping experiences that happen for our, our team in Saskatoon. Like, have you, have they told you about Certainly. this? Like, I don't know. I've heard of all the stories, but. So they've had, they have had male homeowner customers come in and be like, I want to work with a man. And like Robbie and Mikhail are like, well, sorry, we like, we don't have, like none of our sales team are men. It's we just have us. those around here. Right. We don't keep that kind. <laughs> right. So, uh, and he left. He like never, he didn't shop with us. He never yeah, bought anything. So that's okay. Right. And that's what I, and so I show up and Robbie and Mikhail are like, oh, it's too bad you weren't here. Like, had you been here, this customer came in. I was like, um, actually, good. I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. I, like, had I witnessed that? So let's pretend he actually started working with Mikhail and then I walked in the door. He would have naturally gravitated towards me. He yep. would have been like, Burr. and I would have watched that happen and then I would have been mad. I would have wanted to not help him. Yeah. And I would have been trying to like excuse myself. So anyways. But the reason I went so like just, and I was being kind of, I don't know, facetious or whatever you want to use. I was being kind of like wise ass a little bit, but kind of, but not really. But because some of the answers. Joking, not joking. Yeah, kind of. Because some of the comments and responses were, it was so, some of the people were, were overthinking it so much. Yes. It was like, you got to do this and this and this and this and this and this. And it's like, like, I don't know. I don't know that you really do. And some people are like, well, I think having like pink tools and shit. And these people are being serious. I think pink tools would attract more women. <sighs> Come on. Either it's, it's either, either pretend it's as simple as just hire them or like put more effort in than pink tools. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you ever on. talk, like, do you ever talk with Catherine from Premier Outdoor? No. So occasionally she'll post different like sexist things that people have said to her mm -hmm. in the industry. And it's just like, so typically that elicits a response from me. Like she'll post something like that and then I'll message her and just be like, I can't believe you have to deal with this shit. It's just like, it's so astonishing to me, right? Yeah. Um, you don't need to do pink tools and you don't need to do like different workplace policies where you're like, try and train all of your guys to not say swear words because it's offensive to women. Women that work in the trades or want to work in the trades understand the environment they're coming into. So they'll just want normal hammers and normal tape measures and they'll probably swear as well. And if somebody does swear, they won't be offended or hurt or need to leave. Yeah. They know what they're getting into and the trades are just a rougher environment. So I was going to say, that's, so it is. if we want to talk about real action, it's like remove some of that, honestly, uh, I don't know. some job sites can be quite toxic. I don't want to use the word toxic masculinity, but that's, I was trying to find a different word for that because I, I often think that toxic masculinity is used inappropriately to Correct. Like, to, to demonize just masculinity in general. And right. I don't think that's fair. But like when it's, said, when it's said on The View. Right. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> but there absolutely is such thing as that. And so yes. certainly I don't want a woman to, to take a job in a job site and it ends up just getting like absolutely berated by a bunch of piece of shit Right. Men that have like have no barriers and no like have you ever witnessed you don't that? Don't want that either. 
Well, I haven't worked on job sites like that, so. Yeah, like neither have I. I can't even imagine. And I think that if I was. I I 100% believe that exists, but I just personally not experienced it. I believe they exist as well, but then it's like now it also falls back onto other decent human beings. So whether they were berating somebody because they were a woman or they were berating them because they were like whatever, Portuguese, I, I just wouldn't tolerate that. I'd be like, stop. Like, that's dumb. Yeah. Like, don't be an asshole. Yeah. And I also... Uh, never mind. I don't, this might be its own podcast, but... Are you uh, making notes about I'm all not. the other subsequent <laughs> podcasts no. that come out of this? No, I mean, that would have been part of this one. I was going to go deeper into it, but I was like, I don't know that I need to. Maybe we should just get on with our topic. <laughs> it's we're 20 minutes in. So $90 an hour, Wade. That's <laughs> outrageous. Who makes $90 an hour? Not me. Nope. But here's the funny thing. When I used to work at my, my previous office job... My corporate gig, I was making, I don't remember what it worked out to, like 30, $35, $37 an hour. Whew. But my loaded... And you gave that up, eh? <laughs> my loaded labor rate, which you did, was in documents somewhere. Loaded labor rate was 90, it was 89 or $92 an hour. So... That's what the corporate thought you were worth, an hour. Right. If they're going to bill out my time, that's what they need to bill because mm-hmm. that covers all sorts of crap. Okay. All well, my what would it cover? And, everything. and and trades are no different. They also have a loaded labor rate. There's a lot that goes into that $90. You don't get to take home $90. But the problem I'm saying is that people make $35 an hour and then somebody says, I'm going to charge you $90 an hour to do this thing. And you're like, that's crazy. I only make $35. No, you get to keep $35. Mm-hmm. But you're well, worth $90 as well. Yeah. And then you get your tax taken off. But I'm saying like yep. the company pays you the 35 Yeah. It costs them but an additional $60 an hour to provide you with all the tools that you need to do your job. Yep. They build you out at 90 Right. For the tradesperson, they're the same thing. The company and the employer are the same person. Like, yeah. So it's all built in there. So you know what are, else might lead to some of this though? What's that? It's cash jobs. Yeah. That's so there is a little mm-hmm. bit of like this whole, like the industry kind of shoots himself in the foot because there are guys that'll do this or there's like other people, not to name, but like typically teachers, firefighters, policemen, shift yeah. workers who like Everaz plant guys who get weeks off at a time. Yeah. They like, they start these side jobs and then they just do them for cash. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden the industry where people are like, well, I got this one guy. He come over here to do it for, for $50 an hour cash. Now you want 90. You want twice as much as him. Why? Yeah. Like, well, because he's not a real why. business with real expenses. This is why. Yep. Um, and that's okay if that's all you're looking for is somebody to do a side gig and you don't have to worry about anything else, like a warranty or quality of work or any of that stuff, then side gigs can be okay, I guess. But yep. you have to understand that's black market stuff. Like, that's right. Black that's market's right. always cheaper. Yeah. Did you get your engagement ring off the black market? Yeah. <laughs> should have. You should have. Could have got you half as much. Could have half price. Okay, so 90 bucks. So these are averages uh, based on the interwebs. And so everyone's a little bit different. But of that $90 an hour, uh, the actual labor, the take-home pay of the contractor, what that contractor is going to pay himself or herself is about 30% on average. So when... Sounds fair. When I'm charging $90 an hour, what I'm actually paying myself is 27 Suddenly, that alone seems a lot more reasonable to people, right? Because it's more relatable to what they make. Yes. It's like twenty-seven. Well, it's I would pay you twenty-seven dollars an hour. Yeah, sure, I'll pay you that part. Yep. Here's the rest of it. Okay. Overhead, fifteen percent. So thirteen dollars and fifty cents of that 
on average, is going to go towards covering things like potentially office rent or a mortgage if they actually have a building, uh, utilities, insurance, equipment, depreciation, software licenses, etc. So all the things that they require to operate the business of above and beyond that you may not see. So when you worked your corporate job, you certainly didn't have to have a subscription to QuickBooks to do your accounting or invoicing. Right. You there just, was a lot of software tools we used that the company paid a lot of money for that yeah. I don't know what they paid. But, and I worked in an office in a giant building that certainly cost a lot of money. wasn't free. And the heat and everything else. That's the overhead component of it that, okay. that I would never see as an employee of a Crown Corporation. Nope. Um, but it's certainly on the uh, the books for the company. For the company, uh, yeah. Taxes. So corporate taxes are going to dig into this. Um, depending on the country or region, self-employed individuals might need to set aside a significant portion of their earnings to cover income taxes, social security, and other required payments. So about 20% or $18 of that 90. I just love, I love paying taxes, you know? Two ways to look at it. I hate, uh, it's the worst thing. I had a conversation with Nobody a, enjoys it. I had a conversation with a guy one time and they, they were talking about how like Trump had to pay $750 in taxes one year. And there's two ways to look at that. And it's like, you have an amazing accountant. Like he got it all the way down to $750. <laughs> and the other way to look at it is like, what's wrong with your accountant? Like how Couldn't did find, he, how did he not get that to zero? $750 right? more. And so I laughed and I said, I was like, I'm as soon as you said that number, what happened in my head was like, well, how did that not be, how did that not end up at zero? <laughs> You're so close. So 20%. I remember a conversation we had, uh, I don't know when this would have been a couple of years into our business. Yeah. Here. Year too. And it was like, we owed corporate income tax. Yeah. Like we had our taxes done and the accountant's like, you guys owe $14,000, yeah. whatever it was. It was like, how we're, <laughs> we're not making any money. <laughs> like we can't even pay our bills here at the end of winter. Like, we're not even sure how we're going to make it through. How do we owe the government money? We can't pay our own bills. And it's like, well, yeah, but technically on paper, you guys, you did make money. It's all tied up in inventory and the equipment you bought and everything else. Like it's, it's not cash but you earned money that gets taxed. Yep. It's like, that's crazy. And I remember you were saying that you were complaining was, to your dad about that. And you're yep. like, this is such bullshit. Like we pay this money in tax. And, all that. and your, your dad's like, like, I don't hate paying tax. It means I made money. If you don't pay any tax, it means you didn't make any money to pay tax on. It's like, oh, I guess so. <laughs> From that <laughs> perspective, it's like, if you have tax to pay, you earn something. So yeah, sure. Uh, next up is materials. And so this isn't talking about the materials for that specific job. That'll generally be charged separately. But the material, sorry, the materials like the tools or the consumables that contractors have to purchase and use on job sites that aren't specific to that job site necessarily. A lot of contractors will buy um, screws in bulk or yep. drywall paper tape uh, in bulk or just they have some things on hand all the time that they will need and they'll need to consume even like blades for their knife or tape measures they have to consume and go through or pencils or all these things that they have to burn through that need to be, somebody got to pay for them. Um, that stuff, they got a trailer full of stuff that's not charged to your job that they have to replace and maintain and use on your job. Sometimes you get like plumbing or you would see this if you took your vehicle in to get repaired, you'll have shop supplies. Sure. Yep. Right. And that's like, that's plumbing's, not a, plumbing's not an awful one though. Like you're going to do a little plumbing job. You're probably not going to buy more primer and pl plumbing glue cans for that job because you have it already on hand right i know i just know that like if i've ever hired a plumber or an electrician there is like a there's just like a shop supply charge it's a yep. hundred dollars it's not like significant or crazy but yeah 
Um, but some might just put it if they're just if they're charging us a straight labor rate, it's worked in here. It's got to be ten percent of it. Yep. So nine bucks is covering nine bucks an hour is covering some of those consumables that they have to have on hand. Yep, you're using your job, rags, all that cleaning yeah. supplies, yeah, all that crap. Uh, next up is marketing and advertising. So uh, you didn't find them by accident. Like you might have got referred, maybe, maybe, but it's it's possible. But if they're running a legitimate business, they have a fairly significant significant expense in finding their clientele. Like maybe you were referred, but no doubt your next action was a Google. Yeah, uh, sure. I guess I better check in on these guys. Like, yeah. yeah, of course Shane told me to use this plumbing company, but like I'm going to check by myself and make yeah. sure that they're okay. And you might have been referred, but the person who referred them to you may have found them. Yep. through their website Someone or through a sign them. or through something like at some point they had to spend some money to be known. Yep. You can't just decide you're going to do something one day and then people just find you automatically. It takes a lot of money to build up a brand. Yep. Um, they're saying 5%. So $4 and 50 cents of that 90 is around uh, marketing and advertising insurance, liability insurance, health insurance, other types of insurance. Um, 5% again. So another 5% goes towards insurance. So another $4 and 50 cents. They don't ever get to see. Just there just in case. Um, retirement was something that was listed on here. And this could be considered profit, I guess. Your retirement might come into your profit. But another 5% for retirement. So planning. Or I wouldn't even, like, maybe not even pl- uh, retirement, but like a rainy day fund of some sort. Yeah. It's like it may be, get used for retirement if you don't need to tap into it. But yeah, you may need it for other things. Yeah, you might get it. You might hit a slow spell. You might have interest rates jump really high. You might get burned by a a client who doesn't pay you or you something. will get burned by a client yeah. who doesn't pay you. So that's another 5%. So $4.50 out of that. Training and education. Staying updated in the field often requires going on training, or sorry, ongoing training or certifications. So certainly, depending on what trade it is, sometimes yeah. this is required training. Other times it's just like, it's good to have to, if you want to stay on the top of your game. Yep. Um, 3%. So $2.70. Um, I don't know that if they're in these numbers, if they're, considering like things that we do like going to trade shows or going to industry events it's probably not even really included in that that could be a chunk of it not accounted for too there could be a bigger chunk of this but so another two dollars and 70 cents is making sure that the person who's showing up to do your work actually knows what they're doing because they've been trained and certified in doing it yeah business fees and licenses this can include permits licenses and fees related to the specific industry or locale which they operate in business fees and licenses five percent four dollars and fifty that seems pretty high but could be. Depends on who you are, I guess. Or where you are. What your fees are. Yeah, where you are. Yeah. Like some, I think California, like you have to, you have to actually take a court or like a, be a certified, get a certification to be a contractor, whereas here you don't. So they might, they might have higher expenses there for these. Than I believe do, Quebec has that as well too. You have to do some courses to take. Yeah. But even just like, so you'll have your, um, like your business license to the city. If you're not operating out of, like, I don't know what it's like everywhere, but here it's like if you're operating out of a business, out of an actual building that's owned by the business, you don't have to pay a city municipal license fee. But if you're operating out of your house, which a lot of contractors would just operate out of a van, they would have to pay that fee and business registration fees and all these other fees. Yep. Uh, and finally, at the end of this whole thing, which is the one that people are always upset about is people making too much money yeah. or any money is profit. profit. And on average, 2%. A dollar eighty per hour imagine? is what this these poor little tradespeople charging you ninety bucks an hour that you think is asinine. They're actually keeping a dollar eighty of it at the end of the day. They pay themselves and all these other things, and they get to keep a dollar and eighty at the end of the day, two percent, and that's not crazy. 
And that, like I said, we can maybe work the retirement in there and call it 7% combined for those two things. Sure. But, um, Some of the wage is probably in that as well, like depending on how you think of that, if you're self-employed. But the easiest way to think about it is if you own the company, like Shane owns the company and then you send Wade out to do the work. Yeah. So your wage is the, that's my, that's what I get, right? Yep. And the 2%, the eighty, that's what you get for being the business owner. It's like, well, okay, if somebody sends out a contractor and bills that out at $90 an hour, they get to keep a dollar eighty. Well, you'd be like, you probably actually feel a little silly about that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Why would you even go to work? Why would you manage all of this racket and these people if you're only making $2 an hour? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Nobody would hire me. I know that not everybody in the world is going to hear this little podcast, but I think this is like, I hope that people hear this and it clicks a little bit. And it's like, oh, okay, well, like maybe 90 is not so crazy then. Almost for sure really one isn't. person would hear that and think about it. Yeah. We lost a few at the 20 minute mark when we hadn't started. Out. <laughs> They're like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's kind of loosely how you get to these wages that you think sound... At, okay, first of all, it's not a wage. The $90 an hour is... That's that's the problem. People <laughs> think it's a wage. It's not it the wage. Yeah. Because it comes to them at $90 an hour. And they're like, well, that's per hour. If you gave that to them as a job price, it's like, yeah. uh, this will be $340. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. So really, when you like take 30% of the number they're giving you, and that's what that person's actually getting paid. The rest of it is paying for all sorts of things. It's just the cost of doing business, unfortunately. But it is what it is. So hopefully when people see that now, they're not so shocked by it and they can have a little bit more empathy for the person that's billing that is not just a greedy son of a bitch. It's just what it costs them to run their business. And at bare minimum, to make a dollar eighty at the end of the hour. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. And so that's, I think, like in the trades, that's, that's pretty common to have like sub-double-digit profit margins at the end of the day. Like 5% common. Yeah. 10% if you're doing really well, you might be able to get there. If you're getting yep. more than that, then you're like, you're running a super tight ship. But um, that's what it is. There's also probably some like contractors that could really give this some thought about like when you're billing yourself out, just take this. Like if you don't have a formula right now as to what a loaded labor rate is, uh, just write these numbers down yep. and then... And then do that for a year and see how it goes. So that's see, how like, that's how so many guys and gals go out of business because they don't understand the whole, what goes into the... They like, don't they, account for the 60% of the rate. Right. They account, they're like, I want to make $27 an hour. Yeah. They're like, so I'll charge 30. That gives me a little bit extra. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like yeah. you've lost, like no, you're out of business in not too much time. Just as soon as you, you were able to gas do invoicing. in your vehicle. You're out, of, you're out of business as soon as you get your invoicing done. But you won't be able to get your invoicing done because you're the lowest guy on the block by by 60%. So you're slammed. So now you're just working all the time. I was going to say, that's not even in here, but maybe that's part of overhead. It's like, you just like, as soon as you submit your invoicing. Two, the accountant that you have to pay. <laughs> uh, so I guess that could be in, worked into it's overhead. It's probably here. an overhead. But, but anyway, there's a lot that goes into it. And so hopefully that helps to, I don't know, just like... Stay off your contractor's case a little bit. They've the ones that are charging what seems like a lot of a, a lot of dollars is are the ones who know their numbers. And if yes. you're getting somebody who's charging something that seems reasonable to you, like oh, you're only thirty bucks an hour, 
uh, I guess hire them while you can because they won't be around long because they just don't understand the business. And that it, unfortunately, it's such a common thing in the trades. Yep. Um, there's so many people that get into business that do so because they love the trade. They well, love even, working on plumbing things. They don't, they're not business people. They don't understand all that stuff. They just know how to put pipes together. Yeah. <laughs> even today when we were out for lunch, the, uh, the contractor was just like, like, I'm not a good businessman. Yeah. I just like building things. Yeah. And so that's like, that's what he does. He's able to like continue to plug on because he's really, really price conscious and he's like very aware of saving money. Yeah. Uh, but self-admittedly was like, not a good businessman. Yeah. That's not what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like I build and, mo- and most contractors when they start out wouldn't be. Yeah. It's, some of them figure it out before it's too late and most do not. Yeah. So if you can make it five years and you can catch on to this stuff and be like, holy smokes, I am losing money here. Um, I need to adjust. I need to whatever. All of a sudden, the guy who was like was charging forty dollars an hour. He's at ninety eventually because yeah. he figured it out. And he's like, I can't keep do going at this rate. Yes. Like we we sell materials to contractors. Obviously, we see all kinds of contractors. Ones that run really good businesses that are profitable and they've been around a long time, have multiple crews. We see other ones who uh, don't pay their bills, and the reason they don't pay their bills is because they're not charging enough to their clients. Mm-hmm. And this is why because they don't understand the whole thing. They just want to go build decks. So it's tricky, but uh, I know people get a lot of flack for for what they charge. And, um, you know, another thing I see all the time in the Facebook groups, especially the local ones, when people are looking for local businesses to support, and often they're looking for contractors, plumbing and heating or HVAC or, or certainly deck builders or whatever. And I, it kind of rubs me the wrong way, but people are always like, I'm looking for somebody to come out and do this, but for a reasonable price who doesn't charge an arm and a leg. It's like when <laughs> that's how you open up, like... What does that mean exactly? Do you yeah. think that everybody that's in that trade is just out to screw you? Is that that's the that's the platform from which you're beginning with? Yeah, because people don't trust people don't trust contractors, right? Just ever, ever, right? Which because is they don't know the numbers either. I mean, the contractor doesn't either. But. Yeah. So yeah, but as soon as somebody shows up and they're like. I don't know if they look professional, if they show up in like clean clothes and, and are organized and present like a good quote, then for some reason people are okay accepting that. Right. It's like the, the contractors that have showrooms are able to get $90 an hour. People pay them that all the time yeah. because it's like when you walk into the building, they understand they see there's yeah. going to be overhead. But if you show up in your truck and that's all you have is just your truck, then uh, your truck should be clean and so should you. Yeah, and that's <laughs> certainly like 90 is just a number out of the thin air here. Some guys are going to be charging 200 an hour. Yeah. And some guys are going to be charging 50 an hour. And maybe the 50 guy is profitable, but it's because he's driving an old truck and he's not advertising. He's just doing work on the side and whatever else. Like yep. he's, maybe he's found a way to be profitable at $50 an hour. Yeah. What I know for sure is that uh, a high, 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 high majority of the time, if somebody's out there screwing people and charging too much money, they also won't be around for long. Yes, this like is you, true. You don't get away with that for very long. Yeah. It's a compet- there's no industry that's just like monopolized down to one guy and you can charge whatever he wants. Like eventually you're out of business if you're trying to do that. Yeah. So when people are like oh, somebody's not going to charge like don't don't those people aren't really out there. Like yeah. Most businesses have figured out that they can only charge a certain amount mm-hmm. and they need to charge a certain amount and that the gap between those two numbers is not very big. It's yes. like I need to charge I know I need to charge 85 or else I'm out of business. And I know I can't charge more than 100 or else I'm not going to get jobs. Yep. So I landed at 90 because it's just like slightly profitable, but it, the phone's still going to ring. 
Yeah. It's like there's a sweet spot that everybody's got to find. Most guys are operating within it. The ones that aren't are probably on the side of not being they're a business law yeah, versus being too high. <laughs> Either edge of learning is what they are. Exactly. So did people learn today? Hopefully. I don't know. There's a chance. We'll see. Okay. Deck Expo's coming up. So we'll see you in a couple weeks here. Uh, looking forward to it. Peace out, everybody. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site. Come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening. <laughs>